Welcome to Pictures and Dialogues. I'm your host, Tejeshwar Sharma. I just returned from the Toronto International Film Festival uh, yesterday evening, and I did have a chance to watch five movies. That's quite a few, but um, after having a few conversations with some of the other um, attendees at the film festival, just in the lineups or just by uh, sitting with a few people in uh, the, the theaters, you have a chance to really get an idea of how many films some other people watch. I had a chance to have a short discussion before uh, a screening with a, um, an older lady. Granted, she was retired. Um, she was expected to watch nearly 55 films, which is quite a few. And uh, for myself, I was quite content that I had a chance to actually watch five so I arrived on Thursday, and uh, I watched one each day. So um, the first one that I watched um, was The Traitor. And uh, this is an Italian film, and it's uh, directed by Marco Belloccio. I'm going to have a lot of trouble pronouncing the names uh, with some of these films because they are international films. So uh, it's essentially about... Um, an actual uh, Italian mafia boss who turned out to be, I guess you could call him a rat. Uh, I'm not, I wasn't familiar with the story uh, at all before the actual um, film. Um, I was not familiar with the characters, the, uh, the trial that takes place uh, about um, the, the, the life of Tommaso Buscetta. So a lot of the information was new to me. Uh, I think this was um, an Italian film that I've watched after one of the first Italian films I've watched after a while. Uh, the the last one that really comes to mind, and I'm going to be going back quite a few years, is uh, the Bicycle Thief. That of course was made in a far different age and a far different time of um, Italian filmmaking when it was really at this sort of new renaissance of a uh, new wave of of Italian filmmaking. And I happened to watch that because my film professor at the time had exposed us to that. And that film is still one of my favorite movies of all time. It's something else. And in fact, I think it has also uh, influenced so many other films uh, when it uh, when it probably didn't when it came out the t- when it came out at the time. But for sure, um, it garnered that sort of cult status after decades and decades of people trying to preserve the legacy of the film and also the importance of its narrative. So the film, um, The Traitor, um, is the title. I was quite lucky because this is um, a film that was selected to compete for the highest award, the Palme d'Or, at the Cannes Film Festival this year as well. And I did enjoy it. It was extraordinarily long. At least I, I felt that it was extraordinarily long. Um, also, I was watching it in the uh, the Elgin Theatre on Young Street in Toronto. And for those of you who are not familiar, the Elgin Theatre... Um, has extremely old seats and uh, dated furniture. Um, it's a prestigious theater, um, and I'm sure they have held several events there, but it's very uncomfortable. It doesn't really um, match some of the standards and the quality of sort of modern theater seating arrangements, and that's why I was also feeling very uncomfortable after two and a half hours. I just wanted to leave as soon as possible. The film itself is actually quite strong. Um, It has a good character uh, driven plot so it doesn't even focus a lot on um, 
the evils committed by uh, the the actual individual about the who the film is about, um, Tomasu Buscetta, um, but it's sort of just an actual portrayal of his life and what had happened. There are a few scenes in there that I'm not sure if this is actually an uncut version from the director, but I'm not sure if some of those scenes will actually make it into the final um, cut because they seem to have really not fit into the film itself. Um, I think what they were trying to demonstrate is that this individual, Tommaso uh, Buccetta, is actually a crooked villain and he is complicated and complex and he seems to have only uh, ratted out um, the uh, the entire mafia and the entire um, family that's part of this sort of uh, family dynasty of crime and, and terror. Uh, the only reason that he seems to have done that is simply for uh, matters of self-preservation. He was only interested in actually um, looking out for himself, and it appears as though um, he was successful. Um, and that's based on not the movie's accounts, but on the actual accounts of what had actually happened to this uh, individual. So I'm not spoiling anything by actually revealing what happens to um, Tomasu Buccetta. But uh, he does essentially escape the, uh, the, the gaze and the sort of um, sight from his uh, former colleagues that want to take this traitor down. So overall, um, this was something brand new to me. Uh, it was probably just two hours before uh, the film had screened that I decided to watch it. It was the only one that had worked with uh, my schedule on, on Thursday, so I decided to do that. And I'm glad I did. I can't really talk too much more about it because um, all of the um, the cast, uh, the filmmaker, um, it's all new to me. So that is a great advantage of attending an international film festival is that you get exposed to uh, different countries' cinema. And um, I'm going to try and pronounce the lead actor's name. It's Pierre Francesco Favi Favino. And he was um, very great. He was charming. There was a, there was a brief um, Q&A following the film. And what he did is he sort of elaborated and discussed some of the um, issues that the mafia has had on Italian culture. And, I mean, park aside the, the, the stereotypes that most people would have about Italians and that they're all sort of connected through the, um, uh, the mafia, what he's actually... Uh, the filmmaker, what he's demonstrated through the film and what this actor was trying to say is that this mafia was nothing but corruption and it has gone on for decades and it has led to uh, the abyss of, um, you know, Italian um, families and communities. So when he explained it from that point of view, it actually made sense. Um, but if the film had also done that, I don't think his explanation would have also been necessary. So overall, it was it was decent. It was also, like I said, quite long. I would watch it again, but I'm hoping that there will be a edited film, um, at least an edited version of the film that could be released um, wide. And I think that would actually even be more accessible um, to audiences over here because I think you have to have a certain degree of patience if you want to watch uh, this type of film. The next film that I watched was 
um, the cave and this is a Syrian documentary that really um, again I had nothing um, to know about this film prior to buying the tickets I had no knowledge of the filmmaker and also uh, the production any of the editing cast it's Syrian cinema which I'm not familiar with I don't even want to say a little bit I'm not familiar with at all um, it's actually a documentary and it was um, nice to know the story about um, this director um, Faraz Fayad um, who essentially followed a team of medical professionals and specifically in particular a female um, doctor who uh, is the lead and who is accused of being the manager and why she is the manager in this um, this hospital essentially the the story is about um, this filmmaker that follows these medical professionals but they're all um, actually how should I say this? they're all serving their community and actually giving out um, medicine and treatment all underneath um, what you would call a now war torn Syria uh, in a cave and it, it was sort of like um, it was very impressive and I had no knowledge like I said of any of this prior to the film actually being screened so what they've actually done is they've built um, I would say almost a four or five kilometer wide uh, tunnel into a, uh, a cave where it's essentially a small um, group of people that are providing medical treatment to um, Syrian citizens who have been you know impacted from bombs or from any of the conflict um, who have been um, sort of caught in the crossfire between the Syrian government and of course in this case it was the Russian government that is assisting the, the Syrians and the uh, the Syrian rebels. So the film was was nice. The story itself, um, for me to learn about that, is quite good. And I think that more people should also watch this to realize what Syria has gone through um, during the conflict. But um, overall, the film itself was gripping. Um, it's a very uniquely constructed documentary that I have never seen something like this before. My knowledge of uh, documentaries. Uh, begins and probably ends with um, American filmmaker Michael Moore but this film really did it sort of expose that side of the story of um, a you have one issue that there's clearly conflict and war happening in Syria and B you're now you're now experiencing and we're being exposed to this revolution of uh, women who want to be part of let's say the workforce or who want to contribute back um, to society by joining um, labor market, by following their dreams, by becoming, for example, in this case, medical professionals, um, and sort of the fulfillment that they have as well once they've actually accomplished um, what they wanted to do. So the, the film itself, like I said, was very interestingly constructed. Before the screening, I had a chance to um, have a discussion with this lady next to me that um, she said she had watched a documentary, I think at TIFF also a few years ago, and she was not too thrilled about it because um, it was sort of that shaky cam footage and she had felt uneasy and queasy after the film. So fortunately, this film does not have that. It's a lot of steady cam. There's no shaky cam. 
um, the intensity is sort of um, comes in waves throughout the film. And further, what I also loved about this film was sort of the the way that they um, extracted the humor in some of these doctors and some of the comical situations that they experience when they're in the cave. It was very inspiring and very nice to see. I would definitely watch it again. I think the film, if it had focused um, more strongly on um, the lead, the the medical professional, and also some of the challenges uh, that she had, there are frequent times throughout the film that her family checks in with her, but we're not really sure what happened. I mean, we can assume what happened, but uh, I think a story that had relied more on that as opposed to um, there seemed to be sort of this um, underpinning sentiment against Russian government officials, and that's fair because it is a documentary, and I do expect some sort of um, political bias. But um, if from a filmmaking perspective, I think if they had just focused more on the narrative of the lady, it would have been a far um, stronger film. The next film that I watched was Seaberg. And I really didn't enjoy this film for um, many, many reasons. Um, I guess I should sort of preface this review with a bit of a story. So, like I said, I had arrived on Thursday. And there's two films that I really wanted to watch. And apparently everyone else wanted to also watch them. So the names of them were Parasite, which is a Korean film um, by filmmaker Bong Joon-ho. And he's made... Um, some great, great films that are really just entertaining, sharp, fun, rewatchable. He's made Snowpiercer, Okja, and also The Host, which a film that I just discovered by accident, but turned out to be amazing. I could watch that film over and over. It's so well done. I'm not going to talk about any of these three because that's not the point, but essentially... Can tell I'm clearly um, an admirer of his of his work and of his filmmaking uh, technique. So I wanted to really watch Parasite, and unfortunately was sold out. So what I had done is that we had tried to rush the film. For those of you who are not familiar with that means, um, essentially, if a film is sold out, uh, with the rush queue that happens outside of a theater, um, if in the event there are no shows or there happens to be additional tickets and additional seats. The rush queue are the fortunate um, attendees, and they are granted tickets, and I think it's approximately $25 um, for a regular screening and then $45 for a premium screening. So anyways, we showed up about two hours before the film was screening Friday evening at 8.30. Mind you, Friday, of course, you think it's also going to be popular because it's a Friday evening, and people want to watch a film. So what happened is that we showed up two hours before the screening and there was already approximately 120 uh, people ahead of us in the rush queue. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but just to give you an idea, um, only approximately 10 to maybe 10, 20, and about 30 is the cutoff of people who have a high chance or even a moderate chance of getting into the screening. For this one, though, nobody from the rush line got into the screening. And once it was uh, about 15 minutes before the uh, the screening, um, I had taken a walk to 
the ticket queue, which is which was on the other side, and it was unlike uh, anything I'd ever seen um, ever before. So people were, um, from what they described, fighting over seats, trying to get access to the screening. It was just absolutely nuts. It was. Um, it was also, to be honest. Um, slightly inspiring to know that people are still invested in cinema and people are also fans of this filmmaker. So um, unfortunately, I did not have a chance to watch Parasite, which, by the way, did win the big award this year at Cannes Film Festival, the Palme d'Or. The other film that I wanted to watch was Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse, uh, starring William Defoe and Robert Pattinson. Again, same scenario, Showed up approximately two hours before the screening. Rush queue. Um, all tickets were off sale. Unfortunately, I did not get into the screening. Um, cool story, though, because I had a chance to uh, snap a few shots of uh, Robert Pattinson and William Defoe as soon as they had arrived. At least I got something out of the screening, but I unfortunately did not have a chance to watch the film. So the backup film that we had watched uh, was Seaberg. And again, no knowledge of the film, the filmmaker. I'm familiar with the cast. Uh, It stars Kristen Stewart, um, Vince Vaughn, Jack O'Connell, and also Anthony Mackie, who, by the way, plays War Machine in the Marvel Universe, so that was pretty cool. Um, I'm not really familiar with Kristen Stewart's work, with the exception of um, Twilight and her tremendously awkward interviews um, on most of the talk shows that she does. So this was filmed by uh, Benedict Andrews, and it's uh, based on a true story um, about uh, the actress Jean Seberg um, and her, I would say, romantic relationship with um, the leader of the Black Panthers. So, uh, and not Black Panther of the MCU, but Black Panther of um, the um, the outcasted organization. I don't want to officially say if they were considered a terrorist organization because I'm not sure if that's true. Um, but they were essentially a rebellion movement, I believe, in the 1970s, 1980s, Los Angeles, uh, greater area, and specifically in Compton, where they really began to generate a movement of, um, I would say, civil disobedience so anyways the film does not even focus on that it's really just a portrayal of uh, Jean Seberg and her sort of sympathy with the civil rights movement it's interesting because the film has two tracks the first track is the one I just talked about and then the second track is about um, the FBI's surveillance of Jean Seberg and that story to me was far more interesting Um, so unfortunately the film did not work for me and I don't think it seems to be working for audiences as well at the moment. So uh, we'll see when it's released wide, but, um, I did expect uh, a bit more and just to talk a little bit more about Kristen Stewart, um, her acting is really unusual and maybe there's something that I'm missing or that I'm not getting, but there is her, her acting seems very odd um, it's uncharismatic. Her dialogue delivery is strange, and it's not even like a charming strange. It's a very po- 
poorly uh, delivered dialogue and it's not convincing which is terrible also I think the casting for this film was a little off um, Anthony Mackie's um, uh, character who he plays Hakeem Jamal um, he's the one that has the romantic relationship with Kristen Stewart's character uh, Gene Seberg and it just does not work there's a lot of unusual chemistry between the two I think they're doing the best they can with the, the script that they have uh, but unfortunately it did not work so I would not recommend this I would recommend though and what I would like to have seen more of was the track of the FBI's uh, surveillance on on, G, on Gene Seberg I think that was far more uh, interesting, and I would have loved to have known more about that and sort of the dilemma that the FBI had. But unfortunately, the director or the screenplay writers uh, did not want to really take that direction. Uh, they were more focused on sort of giving us a very loosely told narrative of the events, and what the result is is a very loosely put together um, film. What I will say about this, the surprise act, and he's not even in it for that long, but for the scenes that he is in, um, Vince Vaughn, he's such an underrated actor. I think he needs to do more of these sort of antagonist type roles or at least explore um, more serious roles that can actually expose him because he just seems like he's a, uh, in person at least, he's a menacing dude. He's probably like six foot three, six foot four. He's big, um, according to. Uh, you know the online uh, profile of, of this uh, of this dude so I'm sure he's um, he has that sort of personality that I think would work really well for a great antagonist and unfortunately in this um, he does uh, in my opinion the best um, throughout the whole film he was my favorite part about the whole film so if he does more of this I think it'll really work to his advantage and also to audiences who would say wow you know this man from Wedding Crashers can actually do a lot more and I mean for those of you who obviously know he did play um, um, uh, what's his name the, the Bates character from the remade terribly remade psycho film so there is potential for Vince Vaughn let's see more of Vince Vaughn now fortunately the next film that I had a chance to watch uh, Tom Hanks the uh, story behind this how I got the ticket is um, amazing at least it is to me it's probably not going to be amazing to you but i was waiting in the rush queue again and some amazing stranger had a spare ticket so they gave it to me and i was so thrilled although i'm also a little mixed because i was at the front of the rush queue and this was playing at the princess of wales theater on sunday and that's on king street and the capacity for this place i believe is nearly 1800 but do not quote me on that so I had a chance to watch the Tom Hanks film um, directed by Mariel Heller uh, about uh, Mr. Rogers. And it was nicely done. It was, um, it was a very predictable um, narrative and, and story, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I didn't really enjoy the story. I also found Tom Hanks... Tom Hanks is just great, first of all. Um, he's a great actor, one of my favorite actors. I think he's one of the finest actors that um, Hollywood has produced. And also, I think he does do the best with what he's been given, but I don't know why. I, I'm i sure I would love to hear from other people who will watch this when it's released in, in November, December. Um, his performance of Mr. Rogers comes across as um, a little 
strange. And yes, of course, Mr. Rogers, as we know, was you know the kind um, individual, or the individual that he wanted to be was a kind individual. And none of that was really explored uh, in the film. And I think that was made for a reason. They wanted to have a different tone and a different uh, uh, story that they wanted to tell about Mr. Rogers and the influence that he had on other people's lives. This film was not actually about Mr. Rogers. I think the documentary film that was released last year, which I haven't seen um, from what I had heard from other of the attendees at the the film, is that that is actually about Mr. Rogers. This has nothing to do I don't want to say nothing, but I would say at least 75% of the film is about someone else, and the remainder of the film is about Mr. Rogers. I would probably watch it again. I really enjoyed some of the creative and visual aspects of the film that they made, so they really had homage to the um, the opening theme of Mr. Rogers and the you know the standard way of how he would greet um, his, his audience of, won't you be my neighbor? Uh, he changes his sweater, or he takes off his blazer and puts on the cardigan, changes his shoes. So a lot of the creative and visual aspects of the film were very nicely done. I was laughing. Um, I was really engaged. I wasn't bored. I found the film to be a little um, soft at some points, but I guess that is Mr. Rogers, and that's probably what they were going for. I think for what it is, it's actually pretty good. Um, it's just not something that I would watch again maybe um um or i would watch um i just that doesn't make any sense because i just said i would watch it again but i would watch it again with probably a different perspective and um i'm used to you know those gritty films um those are my personal preferences but from an objective point of view i think the film is decent and i think it will work for a lot of people and families and audiences um that fit that demographic so um, overall, I would say this is a film that you can definitely watch. And of course, what better way to leave TIFF to end TIFF 2019 than with a Terrence Malick film? I was quite excited because I was actually scheduled to leave on Sunday, but I decided to stay an extra day just to see if I could catch something else. Um, and this was my first Terry Malick film, and I was um, thrilled. I said, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take a chance. I have heard so much about his work. I've never actually seen any of his other work, like uh, uh, Thin Red Line or Tree of Life, um, or even the one that had come out with uh, Christian Bale and Frida Pinto and Natalie Portman, I believe two or three years ago. I never actually had a chance to watch that, so I've never watched a Terrence Malick film before. This is the first one I said, let's do it. I had no idea what it was. I Actually, that's not true. I did have an idea of what it was about, but I had no idea what the actual running time of the film is. It's long. I thought the Italian film was long. This is even longer. It's three hours, um, which, you know, three hours is not that long, given that, you know, these days we can binge watch um, television dramas and, and series for hours and hours and hours. But a three-hour film really has to be done properly. So this film did not feel as though it was three hours. There were some editing um, that was, I think, required, particularly in the middle. But overall, the film is very nicely, very nicely done. Um, everything from the direction, of course, um, Terrence Malick. You have to know what you're going to be getting from Terrence Malick. Um, I would suggest watching some of Terrence Malick's 
older films just to get an idea of what he's like. He's truly a unique filmmaker, like unlike anything you'll ever see um, in your life. He films, um, it looks as though everything is filmed on um, a GoPro, like a fisheye lens, and it's a very, um, all the shots, all of the angles are um, sort of shot from, uh, I would say, waist upward, and it's sort of this like shot from the hip angle. So this also competed for the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival, and of course it lost to, to Parasite, which I just uh, talked about a little earlier. But essentially the film is about, um, uh, it's, it's apparently inspired by true events, um, the life of Franz Jager, Jagerstadter. I, of course, did not pronounce that um, correctly. Um, and it's set during World War II um, about a family uh, living in, I believe, a farm uh, in Austria and how, I guess, conscription, the, I guess, how conscription works is that uh, the men at the time were required to um, swear loyalty to Adolf Hitler and to uh, Nazi Germany, and anyone that had disobeyed or had um, insubordinated their superiors um, was subject to prison. So this whole story and the whole three hours is about um, Franz and the fact that he has built a life in a village around his family, um, a very simple life, community, but now he's been called uh, by his state to serve in the army um, with Nazi Germany, and his whole dilemma and his moral dilemma is that he does not want to serve evil, he wants to serve good. So that's the whole film, but you get a lot of static shots of nature, you get a lot of, um, 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 how are they called, I guess, crane shots, um, following the subjects and a lot of great background score by the legendary James Newton Howard, which is just marvelous. So the film really brings you in over the three hours. It's not sort of a stretch. It's very emotionally uh, driven. Um, the acting is brilliant um, by uh, August Dale and Valerie Patchner. Um, even one thing I would like to mention in particular were the uh, three his three daughters in the film. They were so great. They don't say a single word throughout the whole movie. They're just acting and they're just enjoying life on the farm and playing with each other and playing with their father and playing with their mother. It's it's just brilliant. It's really really nice. Um, even the locations of where they filmed this was just great. I was just reading up right now, actually, a bit of background on the film. And apparently this was filmed in 2016. And it took almost two and a half years um, for post-production to actually happen. And Terrence Malick is, I'm just going to say it, he's a very weird dude. He doesn't show up for interviews anywhere. People are still, um, I guess, sort of the, uh, the Reddit threads have um, put that idea out there that he doesn't actually exist you know, he's a ghost filmmaker, so it's actually somebody else that's making his films, and he just puts his name out there. Um, it's sort of this um, Terrence Malick image, and we don't actually know what he looks like. So he's uh, he's very weird. He doesn't like to show up to promote the film. I think he he's truly um, a unique artist, and he makes films for, um, um, I guess, people who don't want to know about Terrence Malick, but just want to know about film and cinema. And so he's really made... Um, 
some unique films in, in the past as well that I, I think I'm going to explore now. I was really excited because I've only seen trailers about his films or read, read about his films, but to actually see one in theaters for the first time, and that too at the prestigious um, Princess of Wales Theater, that was um, a very nice experience. I would watch this film again. I think if it was edited um, to nearly two hours and 30 minutes, I would I would very um, much like to watch this film again, just for even the... Um, the cinematography, uh, the deck, the complete uh, direction of photography of how it's shot, how the camera moves with its subjects. I know that Terrence Malick has done this in other films. Um, at least I've I've only seen in the trailers of um, to confirm that he's done this in, in other films. But the fact that he did this in this film really made it nice. Um, the entire story is uh, very simple, but the um, emotions that are experienced from the family that. Um, are living now their life without their father because he's sort of become this this um, this martyr and he does not want to serve Adolf Hitler. Um, I think that's the whole point of the film is, and I think that's, I understood the title now afterwards, um, the fact that this man lived a hidden life and look at the influence or the impact that he had that we're not even aware of. He led such a hidden life and now thanks to this story, we have an idea to realize um, what a small hidden life can do and what it can actually change. So those are my reviews. Um, granted, they were, um, I guess, short, a little brief, not too in-depth, not too much detail, but there were quite a few. So uh, that was my Toronto International Film Festival special. Um, please keep listening. I'm going to keep publishing and producing episodes of pictures and dialogues on a weekly basis so i really hope that you guys can support this and i hope that you really do enjoy this um i'll see you guys next week and thank you again this is pictures and dialogues and i'm your host the jayshwar sharma